Well, welcome back to the podcast. We want to thank everybody that regularly engages with us. Uh, We're actually approaching 1,500 listens as we seek to help church leaders create reproducing environments and disciple-making environments. And so keep in mind that if you feel that you need a coach, Uh, to help you through some of these hurdles that you might be facing and navigating as you try to create a disciple-making environment or a reproducing environment. That's one of the things that I do, as well as certain people that we have here on our team. And so we would love to get you connected with somebody that can help you with that. Now, last month, we started talking about dealing with some of the issues that, that might be making your church the kind of place that shouldn't reproduce. And so we talked about dealing with decline. How do we first get this thing healthy and headed in the right direction in terms of just programmatically, in terms of ministry, how do we make this a healthy thing that really should be uh, reproduced? And so we talked about how do we deal with decline in your church? But that discussion kind of predisposed or presupposed, sorry, uh, that you're operating in a healthy environment. Where, where things are not working against you. Uh, and so while you're training disciple makers and raising up leaders and getting into the community and prioritizing prayer or making your environment more relevant, the question would be, is there an unhealthy culture that is working against you at every turn to hold you back? Because you and I both know if there is, it's going to be very, very hard to put those other pieces in place. And so you know, and it, and it could be the reason that your church maybe has historically struggled uh, and not succeeded or been in decline for, for several years because it just has this unhealthy culture. And maybe there have been pastors in the past that have tried to implement certain things that needed to be implemented. And maybe some of those things that we talked about on the last episode uh, and, and just really that, that unhealthy culture just worked against them. This, that, 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 that toxic culture just crushed them. And, and so they, they moved on. And so when I say an unhealthy or a toxic culture, I mean a culture where decisions are made selfishly, where there's gossip, where there's a lack of trust in leadership, where people don't handle things biblically. The mission is not the main focus for most people. There's too much bureaucracy. Boards overstep their authority. You, you get the idea. That's, that's what we're talking about. And a lot of you have lived it or are living it right now. And so this stuff has to be dealt with. So what do we want to, what we want to do is over the next, uh, over this episode and the next episode next month, we want to cover eight things that you can do to, to create a healthy culture or, or to reverse that toxic culture. And so I want to dive into four of those in this episode. The first one is just this, clarity of mission and purpose. People need to understand what the church is supposed to be about. They need to understand that it's about reaching people. They need to understand that spiritually mature people are not asking for things to be the way they want them to be. They're asking for things to be structured to reach other people. That is, that is an important thing to understand. That's what maturity looks like. Uh, they need to understand that, that maturity means reproducing, not tenure. Not, I've been here longer than everybody, so I'm more mature. No, it means that you're reproducing. It, it's not amassing knowledge. It's, it's that you're reproducing, that that knowledge has driven you to reproduce. And so you would normally think um, that this starts with just getting all your leaders in the room and coming up with a compelling, memorable vision statement, mission statement, right? And, and that might be a good place to start unless the leaders that you have in place right now don't get it, right? And so in that case, it might just be inserting statements uh, every week in your message or in your welcome time where you're telling guests what you're about, right? So you're saying something like, well, we exist to carry out the main things that called us, uh, that God has called us to do as a church, uh, and that's make disciples. And so that means X, Y, Z. 
And so you're spelling some of those things out. Or we always feed and we care about the sheep uh, that, that, that God has brought here. Uh, but we also have the heart of the good shepherd that, that leaves the 99 in search of the one as well. And so just making statements like that on a regular basis to just say, this is who we are. I'm not saying you can speak it into existence, but, but you are casting vision that way to let people know this is who we are. This is what, this is what we're all about. Uh, another great place to establish clarity of mission and purpose is something like a new members class, uh, partnership class, new members class, whatever you call it. But spelling out the culture of what you want to see in that in that class is so important. Uh, also, we talk a lot on the podcast about starting a strong disciple-making culture as well throughout your church. And so the more that that disciple-making mindset permeates your church, then, then the more your church will be on mission and, and will be working on the right things. Also, make sure your staff and your leaders are regularly hearing why you are doing what you are doing. Not just trying to implement things, but, but this is why we're doing this. Uh, so they begin to have an understanding of the reasons. They can push that out to everybody that they're leading as well. People often just hate change that they don't understand, right? And we all get that. Um, lack of mission also church, uh, uh, lack of mission kills church cultures. It's so important to understand that. When, it, when a church doesn't understand and live out its correct reason to exist, it's always going to get caught up in drama, 100% of the time. So that's the first one. The second one is, is, is this. Constantly reiterate roles. Now, this is often overlooked, but it is extremely important to first define everyone's role and then reiterate that as practical things are being decided and carried out. So this is where a lot of unhealthy church issues arise. So in other words, let your deacons, let your elders understand what their role is. Praise them when they carry out their role. Say that, not just, hey, I appreciate that you did that. I appreciate that you did that because that is just exactly carrying out what the Bible says about your role. Uh, praise them for staying focused on their role uh, because it is so important. Mention that, that, that you've often seen deacons or elders or, or whatever that position is in the past that were interested in everything except their roles which leaves aspects of, of, of care of the body undone. And so you appreciate that they're not doing that. Do the same for people that oversee your finances. Do the same for your ministry directors. Do the same for your staff members. Uh, have training for lay positions to make sure that they understand not just how to carry out their roles, but also they understand how to deal with drama. See, there's always going to be overlap between various roles, and so you have, to, you have to pay attention to that, right? A staff member may have the right to direct their ministry area, but if the finance team doesn't approve the expenses, they're dead in the water, right? Uh, but wait, is, is, the finance team ministry, is the finance team making a ministry decision here, right? A ministry philosophy decision? Because that's not their domain, right? Or are they making a cash flow decision? That is their domain. Uh, maybe your church budgets for exactly what you plan on doing that year. So if a staff member wants to spend money in an area that they didn't plan for already, then sure, the, 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 the finance folks can ask questions like, well, what are you planning on cutting so that you can add this? That's a cash flow decision, right? Uh, uh, but they can't necessarily, you know, they, they can't necessarily just, just say, well, we don't like that idea, right? And so it's just that good communication back and forth and everybody understanding this is my part of this. Even though, yes, you are part of this decision, you're not a part of all of this decision, right? And so it's important for people to understand that, understanding that, that one person has the role of directing the ministry, the other person has the role of keeping an eye on the cash flow, things like that are imperative, uh, in, in, in all these different scenarios. And so 
I've often asked our deacons for their input on decisions that are really staff decisions. And, and, but I'll actually say something like, listen, we have so much respect for your input. You were chosen because you're full of the Holy Spirit, because you're all in on the mission and the vision of what we're trying to do here. Um, and so we wanted to hear from you on this, but just please understand that, that you're getting to have a say at a very high level. So don't get your feelings hurt if what you say ends up not being followed, right? Because ultimately this is going to be a staff decision. And so keep in mind that, that if we hadn't asked you, you probably would have been happy with whatever we did. And I think just saying stuff like that out loud is important at times. Just saying, hey, you do realize if we hadn't asked you at all, you'd have just been happy with what we did. So, you know, just understand we respect you so much we wanted to hear from you. But again, delineating whose decision is this? Or I'll make sure that the staff understands that, that, that we can certainly express ideas that might help things go more, more smoothly when it comes to spending money or making financial plans, but ultimately our financial administrator is in charge of making sure we all stay out of jail, right? And so when people understand their roles, it, it, it helps us in all kinds of ways. So the third one is just this, and it's the classic, don't allow gossip. I mean, that's just classic toxic church culture, right? And so you would think that by now churches would have this one down, but uh, most churches do not. And so you need to get your staff and your leadership team on board with having zero tolerance for gossip uh, and explain that, there, 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 that there's not a time that when someone should be talking to someone besides the person they have a problem with. That shouldn't happen. And I understand that at times people want to talk to somebody mature about how can I approach the person. I get that, and, and, and that, that might be legitimate. Uh, it's not a terrible thing, but just make sure that your leaders and those possible mentors that you have throughout your congregation are absolutely committed to directing them back to the person that they have a problem with. And we handle that a little bit differently than most churches would. I think most churches would just say, you know, they would just train their people to say, hey, you need to go talk to the person that you have a problem with. So, you know, I appreciate that you shared with me. I'm going to pray about that, but you need to go talk to that person. We don't handle it that way. We actually give people no choice but to close the loop. So here's what we do. Somebody comes to me and they say, hey, listen, we need to do something about Mary. Uh, the way she ran that women's event was very unprofessional. At one point, I felt like she was really rude to me and I was just trying to help. I'm going to say at that point, I'm sorry to hear that it felt that way. It sounds very important that this get dealt with. See, at this point, they're nodding their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very important that you go deal with it. But they don't expect this next sentence. I, I say, you know, I, I try to follow uh, what the Bible says about dealing with these kinds of issues. So I'm going to contact Mary and let her know that you want to talk to her about what happened at the event. I'll check back with you all and, and see if you guys got it worked out. Now, again, notice I, I didn't say you should go talk to Mary. Your problem is with Mary. You should go talk to Mary. The reason I did not do that is because if she wanted to handle it correctly, or this person would wanted to handle it correctly, they would have already handled it correctly. They would have already gone to Mary. They don't want to talk to Mary. They want to talk about Mary, and they want somebody else to step in and really give it to Mary and just say, hey, Mary, like you, like you messed up. I'm just hearing through the, and the classic thing they always say is, now don't use my name. And that's just not an option. That is just not an option. Uh, and so, if they, come, if they say, listen, I've already talked to Mary, and that didn't go well, then I'm going to say, okay, well, biblically, the next step would be for me to sit down with the two of you and, and help you guys work it out. So again, they're going to face Mary, right? They're going to face 
the person that they're talking about. So when you deal with gossip this way, it stops very quickly. People begin to realize that, that they will get caught on the carpet for complaining about somebody or gossiping about somebody if that's just their intention. And if it's not their intention, they should want to see it worked out. At that point, when, when people raise a concern, they, they start doing it to the right people. And it, at that point, it usually is actually something that needs to be addressed. Like the complaint or the, or the you know, frustration actually turns out to be something really substantive because people understand, like, this is so important, I'm going to go through the proper channels, right? So one of the most unhealthy things about the American church is that people don't handle interpersonal issues correctly, and then they just move on to another church. And that is a disgrace to Jesus Christ. I'm just going to tell you, it grieves the heart of God. It ruins our testimony. Jesus said people will know that we're his disciples by how we love each other, which includes working out problems that we have with each other. And so the last one we're going to cover today is just this, communicate well. Unhealthy things happen when people don't understand the why behind what's going on. When you're rolling something out, make sure that your leaders understand how to communicate the change. Make sure that the, the people who, who, who needed to at least know about it before it comes out have been fully briefed before it's made public. That, that, that will keep people from saying things like, well, I don't know what they're doing. I didn't know anything about it. You know, well, you're looking going, wait, wait a minute. This person's a leader. How do they not know anything about it? Um, ask your leaders what they believe people's greatest pushback will be uh, on that change so that you'll be prepared to go ahead and address that right up front. Uh, it's just, it's so easy to just kind of feel like and think this isn't a big deal. It's a small change that we're making. We're just going to roll it out. Uh, I don't need to bring anybody else. I don't want to bother anybody else with this. But that often leads to, to, to people feeling surprised by decisions. And that's never a good thing. A rule of thumb that you need to remember is that if you leave something somewhat unclear, people will fill that blank with skepticism every single time. It's just our human nature. So that is the first four ways to create a healthy culture in your church. We're going to cover the last four next month, so be watching for that. As always, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got other things that you, you're thinking of, that yeah, that, this is also really important to a healthy church culture, we'd love to hear that. If you've got questions that you'd love to see us address on the podcast as well, we would love uh, to answer those as well. And we'll see you next month on the Ignite Movements podcast.